1: The sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on vSIN, the sports betting network.
2: And we continue betting across America presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here. And look who is in studio, James Salinas America. James, it's great to have you in studio, my friend. Look who's in studio with me is
3: <laughs> you, Dave. Great to be with you, my man. That's, That's awesome. Like, look at this backdrop. I know you can't be Circa. I mean, oh, I mean Circa Sportsbook,
2: you know, I say it, I marvel every time I drive in. Every time I walk in on a Saturday, you get the big boards. You got all the games going on, all the action you can handle here at Circus Sportsbook. So it's a great backdrop for betting across America. But James... How different is it for you? Like, because you've got a nice setup in Colorado mm-hmm. back home. You come into Vegas. Does it still feel like you get a little excited getting on the road?
3: Absolutely. So, <laughs> so I've been on the road for the last week or so. We left Sunday after our Sunday show that yep. I did with Femi. I left, hit the road from there, and made it a family road trip. My son is actually out here with the. So I'm out here with our baseball team. Awesome. It's our it's our youth baseball team. The our Denver Stars team. That it's kind of our inner city baseball that we run in Denver. Mm-hmm. And so this is their first tournament away from Denver. So. Coming out here, they're actually playing just down the street here. It's is it the big league field of dreams, I believe Very is? nice. Yeah, so they're playing in Fenway. They got work wow. their first game, so I'm going to be doing updates on this. Okay, now.
2: we'll have to check. We'll yeah. keep America posted too us, how your son is doing uh, in that tournament. But it's going to be great. We have Mike Pranio, of course, who joins us every Saturday from Mandalay Bay as a sportsbook manager there. Rex Hoggard's going to join us. And I'm just looking at some of the scores early uh, in hour number two here at the United States Open. And my goodness, I caught a little bit of it this morning, James, The sea was angry that day, my friends. I mean, the wind is howling at Brookline, Mass., and uh, it feels like a United States Open. Maybe the first two days a little bit docile. Not today, not tomorrow. We'll talk about that with Rex, who he thinks actually might be able to bring this home because right now the guys out there in the course are getting beaten up. The course is winning. And hour number three, Andrew McInnes is going to join us. It would be great to talk to Andrew again and get his thoughts before we get to game two tonight between Colorado and Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup Finals. But before we get into all that, I do want to kind of recap a little bit of what we saw in the NBA Finals, right? So we've had a couple days to kind of digest what went down. I think most people believed, I always have, the most people believed that Boston was the better of the two teams, kind of A to Z. But then Steph was the super, superstar, right? And we saw that kind of manifest itself in that Game 5, and you go, it was Game 4, rather, in Boston, where he has the historic performance. Then they kind of plod through Game 5 at home, which Steph doesn't have a superhuman performance but it felt like it gave confidence to the rest of the we'll others and then game six they close it out after a terrible start with it down
3: 14 to 2. What's your biggest takeaway from what you saw in that six game series? You said the key word for me is confidence and you know Steph's gonna go out there and be confident we saw that in that game four performance wow. when they had to have that win they lose that game four in Boston go down three to one they're not gonna be able to come back and win three straight like they did in this tournament because you're down three-one. It's a totally different mindset, not so much for the Warriors, but for the Celtics, mm-hmm. going up from there. So we knew it was going to take that. That forget about an All-Star performance. That was a Hall of Fame performance from <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> Understanding the moment, right? Understanding that I have to do this. This, yeah, you've got you've got Clay Thompson there. He is not the same player coming no. back from those injuries. But it's the confidence that the it, it rubs off on his teammates, and they know in situations like that, like Game Four, he's going to be able to step up. Carry them when they need to. Didn't need to do that in game five. Did not shoot the way. Did he make anything? Zero missed for nine. Yeah, from three. Completely off, but everybody else stepped up. You saw Wiggins have a great series. And I think it was just the confidence having that superstar player out there, not having to carry the team game in and game out, but it just breeds such confidence that the other guys know, hey, I don't have to be this guy. I don't have to feel like every shot is going to have to be clutch. Mm And then I think on the other side, you saw the lack of experience in, in a sense, lack of confidence for their star for the Celtics, Jason Tatum. No doubt. The amount of turnovers that he had, especially the in those three losses. I think he was averaging five turnovers per game Oof. in all three of those losses. And I think they they ha- averaged basically twenty, almost 20 turnovers in all three of those losses, too. And that hurts your confidence. You can't get any rhythm offensively. And then your star is not coming through that way. I also don't think Tatum was healthy. We saw cool. him strain the, in the shoulder. shoulder. You saw him strain yeah. that shoulder in the series prior against the Miami Heat. You know there was times and he where he had a was... couple
2: times he get knocked down and well, he really kind of and,
3: and you know they were watching that and he he's he's a player that he can score at all three levels but when he usually typically gets to the rim he's not fading away from contact. He'll kind of not that he's an initiator of contact. Some right. guys like the contact. They like to initiate it and play but it that. But he shot way. away from but it. But totally. He was doing these dipsy doos yeah. and and fading away and and the pivot foot all those kind of things. Not fully healthy. Then that gets into your psyche too, and I think ultimately, yeah, the last three games, it was a, it was a matter of the mental toughness from one team showing out with the Warriors and the lack of experience and mental toughness from the Celtics showing out. Too. I mean,
2: Jalen Brown gave you 34, and Jason Tatum gave you 13 yeah. in that closeout game. So you mentioned Steph and how you know he didn't have to rely so much; uh, it didn't have to just be Steph for the Splash Brothers to get it done. And Steph did talk about how now, championship number four. And I don't know if there's any insinuation here at all for KD, but you knew that that would would play into the storyline here at all. But he did say that this one felt different. So let's hear from Steph and his thoughts after wrapping up his fourth world championship.
1: This
4: one hits different for sure. Just knowing what the last three years have meant, what what it's been like from injuries to, you know, changing on the guard and the rosters, wigs Mm. coming through, our young guys, Carrying the belief that we could get back to the stage and win, even if it didn't make sense to anybody when we said it. All that stuff matters, and now <clears throat> we got four championships. You know, me, <laughs> Dre, Clay, and Andre finally got that bad boy. It's special,
2: man, special. Clearly emotional. Again, it, he's not taking shots at Kevin Durant. Just not in his DNA. That's not who he is. Right. But people go, you know, all oh, four. Durant had two, but he's got zero away from Steph, right? And now you look at it and go, well, I got two with Kevin Durant and I got two without him. He's the, the finals MVP. He does not care about that stuff. He really, you could tell. Like, they asked him about right. it. was it feeling? Because that's your first question? He's going to ask me about the MVP. We just won our fourth title. Right. Like, he's so team-oriented. They're six to one next year. I'm already seeing here to possibly get a fifth. Do we immediately discount them? Remember, they were what a three seed out west. This wasn't like yeah. this isn't the number one seed, and we kind of we knew this was going to happen. It's a bit of a surprise with Phoenix's collapse and their game seven against Dallas, right? And then then you get Dallas, and maybe the
3: easier way, if you will. But do you buy into them that they're not done? Well, I, I let's aside from Steph. Curry. And we, I think, for him, you see the amount of work that he puts in, and that was kind of the the relief. He finally got to, to you know, let the the relief valve open there and just kind of give that exhale and pause because he knows he's a leader of that team. He's a right. superstar of that team, and he has to do things like he did in Game Four to carry them in that pivotal game against Boston. And and, but is the hunger still going to be there? I think the competitive pride is always going to be there. And I think they've set the standard and the bar so high for themselves because of their success that they've had earlier a few years back. And then thinking, obviously, with the COVID, everybody had to play through that. Right. So that's a challenge. The the weird way that the schedule worked out and how late that was in 2020 with the playoffs. And, and then Steph getting hurt or, or Clay Thompson getting hurt the year before in the finals against the Toronto Raptors. And I think that was part of it, too. And all the injuries that he was having to fight through as well yeah, I think the relief is here. Now they have plenty of time. We're going to get back to the normal schedule like we did this year to right. next year, so it's not going to be such a quick turnaround mm. for some of these other teams that we saw in the last two seasons. But, you know, I, I think it's so hard to repeat in any league, in any sport. We're seeing it right now in hockey and no maybe a three-peat. But, you know, the uh, aside from the competitive pride with these guys, I just think the amount of work that has to go in year in and year out with with any team to win a championship and then to do it again a lot, but if anybody do you want to discount Steph right now? No, I don't. don't I'm I,
2: not. Well, I, I, I hopped in after they lost game one and I hopped in on Golden State on the series price of plus a dollar fifty at that point because my mentality was they dominated for three quarters, and then Boston had an unbelievable fourth okay. quarter in game one. And I thought, well, let's just see how that plays. Once we got to game four, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm not winning this bet. Like Boston's clearly the better team. They're up two games to one. We'll see how game fours goes. But that game four did change everything, it changed the complexity of the entire series. And even Draymond Green, who was average Draymond for the majority, gave you a pretty good game seven. Like they, Everybody gave you something. Jordan Poole would give you something off the bench. You mentioned Wiggins. He'd give you defense and rebound. Whoever thought Andrew Wiggins, the former number one pick in the draft, would become a defensive guy, right? Like, I'll get mine here, and if I hit,
3: knock down a three, great, That's that's gravy. But really, I'd be a workman guy. When did that happen? Well, I think that's when you find your role. And you come to a team like the Warriors with high expectations. Every year they're expecting to, to go to the finals and win it. Right. And so everybody has a role. And if you're not willing to accept your role, you're not going to find minutes on the floor. And for somebody like Wiggins, having to adapt to, to w- finding out what his identity is, finding out what this new team with the Warriors identity mm-hmm. is. And to me, identity those are those intangible things, right? We talk a lot about, at least I do, I talk a lot about chemistry and And the intangibles that come along with that, well, that really fits to a team of guys understanding their roles, playing to their strengths. I think somebody like Steve Kerr, tremendous coach, understands. But it takes time to get to know your guys and to identify what that role is, what your strengths are, and to ensure that you were going to put you in positions to be successful and not have to do things outside of the norm for yourself.
2: You know, I saw one story just before Game 6 that James Wiseman looked like he was going to be close to being back for the offseason to get ready Going a little bit deep in the weeds here, do you look at James Wiseman and go, okay, there's another body. You don't want to say bust, right? I mean, yeah. I know people are quick to throw that out there, number two overall pick. But do you think he really could develop to what they thought when they were a lottery pick? I and mean, that's where they've come from, from being a lottery pick and getting James Wiseman to winning the NBA title. That It just doesn't happen. And he did not really help in that process.
3: Right. Well, he's got he's a young player. We know that he has to be able to take the coaching and understand what his role is with this yeah. team. Your job is not to go out there and put up 20 points per game. You're going to protect the rim. You're going to rebound. Obviously, we saw some some matchups with the Warriors throughout the playoffs. Their lack of size mm-hmm. was, was detrimental yeah, it was, it was to clearing them. In the so boards having the size for Wiseman come in. But he's got to accept that role, understand what his the identity of his piece within that structure of that team is. But, yeah, with a young player and able to patrol the paint, Protect the rim, rebound, block shots, score when you need to. Absolutely. That's another big piece to come back if he's ready to do it upstairs. If
2: you had it with 30 seconds, if you had to wager on a team to come out of the West next year, who would you take right now? Ooh. I mean, because some people <laughs> hop on the Lakers. Yeah. I like the Denver Nuggets. If they were healthy, I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, the Nuggets getting healthy. Will they come back healthy? Michael Porter Jr. Will he come back healthy? Murray's got to be ready to come back. What about the Clippers? Does Kawhi Leonard come back healthy when you have a healthy well, team, I, but can they stay healthy for the entirety of this almost. season? That's the hard part. What about Chris Paul and Phoenix Suns? Oh my
2: God, so much to dissect. Come on back. James is in studio. It's a big day here on BCD Sports Betting Network.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Because you gotta think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard.
1: He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it,
0: like that, see that,
4: ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. Point game. I remember you came to my room, crying tears, crying tears. <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture shock, and he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
0: what you I know? told you? I said, I said, O. G. You think I can get paid and go back and play in college? You
1: didn't admit it. <laughs>
2: We continue betting across America. Dave Ross and James is coming to you from Circus Sportsbook here in fabulous downtown Las Vegas. I look up and my my play of Xander Schauffele at the United States Open, and it looks like it's going to go by the wayside. He is really in the struggle bus here early. Who is not in the struggle bus would be one Scotty Scheffler, you know, the number one player in the world. He's gone out and he birdied. Hole number one to get to four under par. Kyle Moore Cowher, your leader, has not teed off as of yet, along with Joel Damon, who will wear a very fancy bucket hat out there. Very fashionable. Roy McIlroy getting ready to tee off as well. Uh, he is now tied with Scotty Scheffler. So I look at the live numbers, and uh, with that one birdie, you see, boy, it's just a bunch of leaderboard, but it's of who-who. It's John Rom at plus four dollars, four fifty, Rory McElroy plus four fifty, Kyle dollars plus four fifty, Scotty Shefford plus five dollars, S- Sam Burns plus nine dollars, Willie Z making a move 13 to one. So I look at Rom, McIlroy, Morikawa, Scotty Shefford, all major champions. And I go, it's gonna be a pedigreed player. It, it-, it just feels like we'd love the Francis We Met story, and you know, an amateur wins in 19, whatever. It's just not the case anymore. It's the horses. And we see Sheffer go out there and birdie one. If I gave you,
3: say, those four horses versus the field, you'd have to take the horses, right? Well, sure. I mean, we are talking about a major now. So that's the the mindset. Again, we were talking about the mental toughness Boy. of Steph Curry and what that means. Obviously, golf is an individual you sport. you got to grind. But yeah. you've been there and done that, and you've got guys at the top of the leaderboard here that are hunt, uh, right around the hunt that have been there and done that and won those majors. So they can, not only from the physical standpoint, but being able to harness and control the adrenaline that goes in to the moment so, with, with a big tournament like this mm-hmm. and being able to, to narrow your focus. And that's what champions do. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to get involved, I don't have any place Dave. So looking here, Is there anything beyond what you have? And I know you've got some plays too. But beyond Mm -hmm. what you have, if there's somebody like myself that has not gotten involved yet, is there anything on here that would compel you to jump in?
2: I would have. You know, I saw it yesterday in Scotty Shefford, and you just made a great point. The mentality of in an individual sport, like we talked about with Golden State, the other guys could feed off of Steph and say, "Hey, you're having a bad day. We got your back." You, it's you and your caddy, and that's it, baby. And you got to hit every shot. And I saw it in Scotty Sheffield yesterday, the way he, he finished like a stallion in that round to get to 300 par and put himself right there, and he comes out and birdies one. So, look, I like Sam Burns, who who's also feels like a, a guy that will win a major championship, and now uh, he just made a birdie, so he's at 9-1 to one, as his numbers keep getting shorted. But, like, this is no disrespect to the Neath Smiths and the Buckleys and the Aaron Wises that are out there right at the top of the leaderboard. I just don't know that they're going to be able to last here for right. two days. Yep. And those grinders that you mentioned will, they're going to, I'd be stunned if they're not in the conversation. And I remember what Scotty Scheffler said to the media, which stunned me as a media guy before, after he won at Augusta. Because he looks always so calm, yeah. so cool. He looks like, like John Cooper, the head coach of Tampa Bay, right? Just mm-hmm. steady as she goes. And they said, Did you, were you nervous out there? And he goes, oh, yeah, I was throwing up this morning. I woke up, and I said to my wife, I can't do this. I'm not ready for this moment. And I think everybody was shocked at this gla- glaring admission of, like, I woke up on a major Sunday at Augusta because I'd never won a major before, even though I'd won three other tournaments. And I felt like I- I'm not ready for this moment. And his wife said, who are you to say you're not ready? Like, like the wife, it's like Adrian and Rocky, right? Like, you know, go win. Mm-hmm. And he goes out and he wins the green jacket. And who knew what was stirring on the inside? Now that he's overcome that and won at Augusta and he's won off the lead, I don't know why I keep fading Scotty Scheffler, but it's not profitable right now because the guy feels like no matter what is going on internally, he doesn't show it externally. And he just plays like, like Rory, you see it, right? Rory really wants to win. He wants to be the torchbearer now for the PGA Tour with this new Live Golf. He wins at the RBC Heritage last week in Canada, stunning fashion and all those things. But it feels like some of these other guys, man, they're just like flying below the radar and go ahead and keep talking about roars. And I'll just be
3: right here when Sunday comes. Well, and all these, they're all going to be nervous that way, right? You get to the fourth round of the major come Sunday. You're <laughs> going to have those. It's which ones, some thrive off of that. Yeah. They like the pressure. It gives them focus. You can narrow your focus. You're not looking at, and in this case here with golf, you're not looking at 18 holes, right? And, and needing to shoot of what 68 or whatever that number might be. You're not thinking that many strokes. It's one as cliche as it sounds, no, it's right? so true. And we hear this from athletes, and they they they'll say those cliches, but they're a cliche for a reason, because they happen consistently for winners. Is they know how to manage that adrenaline, those nerves. You won't, you might not see it play out on the course. You may not see that how it affects them, but they are able to. In the sense, thrive off of that because it does really narrow their focus to win.
2: I think it's it's, it's such a smart thing. And again, as a golfer, I get nervous playing with my boys, maybe with a hundred bucks on the line for a round. I, I can't even imagine the pressure no. of historical connotations to it. You know, you ask for a number. Sam Burns now has been shorted to eight to one with that birdie. He's two off the lead. I don't think there's a lot of value there. Again, St- Scotty Scheffler at five to one right now. If you made me play one of the bigger names, that's the name that I would play uh, at, at five to one. But really. The, the extraction of the value is gone once you see yeah. – t- they call it moving day for a reason on a Saturday at a major. It, it's going to move today, and I think the, the echelon, the cream's going to rise to the proverbial top here. I think you're going to see a lot of separation. What I probably – what I would advise, this is what I'm going to do, is now wait and see how today plays out. And then tonight, comb through if I can find some numbers. Just for a point of reference, people – Justin Thomas, when Wes and I were doing the show on the final round of that PGA Championship, mid-round, he was 20-1. to That was better numbers than you got before the tournament started. Now, it took Mito Pereira collapsing on 18, getting to a playoff, and JT catches that number ultimately on that Sunday. I don't know if we'll see something dramatic like that, but sometimes you don't have to rush right in. Maybe you want to see how some of this round plays out. If you see some numbers that you like at the live number, great. But maybe wait until the round is completed and then
3: really start to d- dig your teeth into some value uh, before that final round is played. So let me ask you this, because I, I struggle with this as a sports better mm-hmm. uh, to where if I knew what the numbers were before and now let's say uh, where and I don't know what the numbers are. So sure. that's a good thing in yeah. this sense for me, because I can sit here and look at Scheffler at plus five dollars. I don't know what he was prior to it. But if I did know what he, what, what, do you know what he was prior to the tournament? Yes, Scheffler was around fourteen to one. Okay, so he's fourteen to one. So there, we've already lost, or at least I would have lost nine dollars there. It's, it's. I'm still thirty some odd years later as a sports better looking at that, and I can't look at it as saying, "Oh, I'm betting Schefter, uh, Adam Scheffler at five dollars," when I could have had it at fourteen. James, and I'm it's, looking it's, at it's, that's nine dollars worth of of, of value. value that I that I, 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 I. It's I hard not, to wrap your head around. I, yeah. I, as a as a golf
2: better you just nailed it. And I'll give you a name specifically right now. That's 10 to one. And that's Aaron wise, Oregon zone quack, quack attack. I loved Aaron wise. I bet Aaron wise. I didn't bet him this week. He was a hundred to one. Oh. So now he's at a 10 and I'm, so th- I'm right in your boat and I exactly, am picking up exactly what you're putting down. And now I can't play him. So I'm like, I, right. I had the opportunity yep. considered him on my card. Didn't play him on my card. And now hundred to one's become 10 to one as he's sitting right there in the first page of the leaderboard. So yes, I think that's fair. If you're a golf better I, and you go, man, I missed the best of the number, you don't have to chase it. But I would say if you really feel like come Sunday, you still got the opportunity to win and you get a favorable number, you have to try to – it's hard yeah. to do. Put those pre-flop uh, numbers, right. if you will, kind of put them out of your mind and look at the current numbers because it, it is so hard to do that though. Because, again, I could have had 100-1 to two days ago on Aaron Wise oh. and now he's 10-1. to so we'll keep a watchful eye, James. But I love watching this uh, as the markets change here, uh, through, certainly through a major. And also we have some UFC uh, tonight that we'll get to. But in the final minutes, we're going to talk much more about game two tonight uh, back in Colorado. I, I mentioned John Cooper and just kind of steady Eddie, steady as she goes. Mm-hmm. It's why I backed them uh, at 220 after the game one loss. And I thought, James, I'm just being getting good numbers. You can give me plus 220 and the down 01. Nobody's won on, on road ice yet. You look behind me at circuits now 250. Oh. So I didn't even get the best of the number. Oh. So the money is coming in on the Avs. Do you feel the same way? And we'll break down the games
3: later. But do you feel the same way that that's the right money move so far? Well, you, you mentioned the head coach with Cooper. And I really liked his comments after the game. He said flat out, he acknowledged the fact that that, Colorado was the better team. They deserved to win that game. They did. You have to play 60 minutes. Obviously, they went a couple minutes into overtime. But for a regulation game, you've got to play 60 minutes. They didn't play the first 20 minutes. No. Now, they shut out Colorado the final 40 minutes before they went into overtime and, and a great forecheck to, to give them an opportunity to, to get that to get that score to win it. But Cooper, been there, done that, understands the psyche and the mentality of his team. He's not looking to make excuses for anybody. No. Didn't he have to call anybody out? Publicly, he's not going to do that either. Maybe, maybe some things said, you know, off you think the he's air, a in the locker in the, room in the inside. That we I know, don't know. We're just, you know, i, don't, I probably <laughs> not. I think his demeanor, what we see, is probably who he is. But it, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm just speculating here. But but I like coaches that will ha- not looking for excuses. Yeah, he knows this is a championship a two time championship team. At that they're not going to panic. They lost the no. first game of the opening round to, to Toronto. We know they lost the first two games against the Rangers, so this is a team that's not going to panic being down early in the series, but holding his team accountable in a sense to where, hey, they wanted it more than you. Now, we were here to play, win four games, not just one. You're not going to win the Stanley Cup come game one, but we've got to come with another mindset, a better mindset, a more competitive mindset for game two. I love comments like that.
2: And probably now, based on our conversation we just had, James, now I'm like more apt to hop in a plus 250. Like, if I liked him at 220, I should love him at 250. Right. By the way, Rory McElroy just teed off. I think he hit the hospitality temp. We'll update that. Hockey, UFC, so much to get to. Come on back with James and I right here, Betting Across America on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: This is Betting Across America on VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: We continue Betting Across America. Dave Ross and James Salinas here at Circuit Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And we talked about the Stanley Cup game number two tonight. And I want to continue that conversation, James, because we mentioned how the money is coming in clearly not only in the series price here, but really it feels like Colorado because even though they won in overtime, it did feel like they outplayed him. And to your point about John Cooper in the last segment, doesn't make excuses for his guys, but they got to play better and they got to play better off the jump. And I think that was counterintuitive to what a lot of people thought. Hey, Colorado was in the long break. They're the ones that might look lethargic in the first period. Tampa Bay's riding high. They, they you know, eliminate New York. In six games, no. They got blitzed in that first period, and it took them a while to get their sea legs. Vasilevsky, to me, it's about as bad a first period as you're going to see. How do you handicap game two specifically? Because I can't think Vasilevsky is going to be that bad. I think you're going to get a much better performance out of him.
3: Well, I think we saw the speed on display in that first 20 minutes with the abs, and now that speed is going to be there, and then you intensify that with the adrenaline of the moment. The crowd was awesome. They're at the well, it's it's the ball arena now. Ball arena It's not the can of Pepsi anymore, but <laughs> but but it's it, I think they obviously were feeding off that. So that will push you through that first period, that first 10-20 minutes of the game with that adrenaline because the crowd was so amped up, and they did. Yes, the abs had that long layup, rest versus rust, that mm-hmm. type of thing. But obviously feeding off the crowd, then you saw some of the adjustments, potentially more so on the Tampa Bay side. To, Okay, we've got to adjust to the speed of this this team. Right. You can't simulate that. And I think those are always the kind of the the things you have to see. You know they're fast, but until you actually get out there in a the game, you're not gonna be able to simulate that in your practices. So now you step out on the ice, you you factor in that they were at home, the crowd was jazzed, the team's flying, they're faster than you as it is. Now what's going to have to happen for Tampa? Maybe have to be Maybe some more forechecking on them up front because that was that, – I think that was the key for me was just the aggressiveness, not only the speed of the abs, mm-hmm. and we saw that play out in the first 20 minutes, but also they, they continue to be very aggressive for the length of the ice. A lot of forechecking. That's what led them – that's what got them the turnover and got the, the, the goal to win it in overtime.
2: Right. I look at it, too, and I go, boy, the over basically was three all midway through the second period, right? So it was never in doubt you already cashed that if you played the over. And we're right back at six again, right? I, I can't expect four goals in the first like you got in mm-hmm. game one. Would you have a lean either way here and a, a feel for? Because it did slow down. The point is, once it got to 3 3, it became, it felt like overtime hockey for the next period and a half, right? Where everybody got a little bit tighter. Yep. Uh, it, there weren't as many odd man rushes. There weren't many opportunities to score. It felt like more defense and goaltending. And you would think that would favor Tampa if you got more into that mode, right? If I can shut down your offense, if you're John Cooper and shut down the Avs offense, you got to feel like you got a much better shot at winning if you limit the scoring chances cuz Colorado wants to go breakneck as we mentioned how they jumped on them in the first period. What do you think that the tone and tenor would be a game too?
3: Yeah, well, they're correlated, right? So the total is going if you like Tampa, you're going to, you're not looking at the over. They're not going to win games in a shootout no. 4 to 3, 5 to 3 those types of games. That's the Avs score. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean the Avs need to score and five goals to win it but the, clearly the advantage is, as far as the goaltending is concerned is on the tampa bay side that's mm-hmm. no question uh, but they've got to get more shots they only had 23 shots in that game and you are only getting 20 that's the least amount they've had in the entirety of the playoffs so far for tampa so right. they've got to put more pucks on the net for one uh, but that's hard to do when you're con- when you're turning it over i mean there was i think there were 17 takeaways from that abs, and a lot of that was because of their forechecking. Mm-hmm. So we're, they're going to have to, uh, as Tampa is concerned, they're going to have to be better with the puck, for one. We know that. Control the puck more, and probably be a little more aggressive in the neutral zone as far as their forecheck is concerned. Uh, the, the key is going to be, does that get them in the panel? I mean, they, gave, they the five-on-three five advantage led to another goal for the abs as well. So I think that's where they can't, can't be undisciplined. And they're a veteran team. It's right. a championship team, they'll be smart about that. And I'm glad there wasn't a whole lot of penalties called. We don't want to see guys sitting in the box. Right. We want to say full strength hockey. And that was now this is a different matchup from the Avs to the Rangers for the for the Eastern Conference champion championship. But you saw that. You you saw a full five on five. That was the Rangers were no match in that sense. That's where the Tampa Bay Lightning need to succeed tonight.
2: Well, you know, James, what's so interesting too about the futures market here when you look at for the con Smythe, I think some people might not realize, hey, in the NBA finals, it's for that series. For the con smythe, it's the the totality, if you will, of the entire playoffs. So you look at McKinnon and McCarr right now, they're plus a dollar forty to win that. And so you go, well Vasilevsky is six to one, but you know, they gotta win the series. Is, it, is there only one way that you would play the Smythe for Tampa? Is that Vasilevsky? Or do you think it could be a Kucherov, who's also on the shorter end of the board here? Uh, maybe Steven Stamkos now has drifted to 50-1. to 1. Uh, Do you think it's Kucherov, 6-1, Vasilevsky, 6-1, is the only two
3: possible Tampa Bay plays? Well, I mean, we've seen Vaz in the past, and especially closeout games, shutouts. Mm-hmm. And so he's fully capable of doing that here. I don't... Thinking about Tampa on the other side, that helps uh, obviously helps out your goaltender here with Vasilevsky is Victor Hedman. Right. And haven't really seen the dominance, oh, the boy. physicality. That not forget about Game One for the majority of the playoff run for Tampa this season. Just I, I don't who knows. You never know about these guys how what kind of injuries they're dealing with. right? One, they, yeah. You, they are not. You know there is not transparency for the NHL when it comes to injuries, and totally understand that. Right. Guys know if there's something. They, they're That's why target. they do the lower body, Absolutely. upper body. Yeah, yeah. We're so not so going to target, target things. Um, but I, Kucherov's been there, too. And if somebody's available, because I think there's going to be opportunities to score with the goaltending on the other side for the abs here. And maybe it's Kucherov sitting at 550. Uh, you know, with McCarr and McKinning, those numbers are gone. I mean, yeah, you yeah. kind of bet that plus 150. That, that's all that. Again, the the term value, we've lost it there with those guys as well. So maybe it's Kucherov plus 550.
2: Our own Sean King, of course, uh, does the nightcap with Tim Murray. I, I follow him on Twitter, and, James, he's been just, um, I'd say, despondent over Victor Hedman. Like, mm. where where yeah, are you, right. Victor Hedman? Because I think you're right. There, there's no way you can get kind of this lackluster performance from a quality player like that, mm-hmm. unless he's injured. So we're speculating here, yeah. but that should also go into your handicap. If you really believe Tampa can turn this thing around like I do, you're going to need more out of Victor Hedman, right? Stammers going to have to be, Stammer's been very good in this postseason, but he hasn't been elite. Yeah. He's, just been, he's been really good, which is great. But we're talking about an all-time player here. So do you look at the Stammer's and the Hedman's and say, okay, I know that Kucherov's going to play better. You know, we already know uh, Vas- uh, Vasilevsky is going to be good. Kucherov's going to be good. You need those star players, the other two that we mentioned in a headman and a Stam- Stammer, to be better in order for them to win. Absolutely,
3: uh, that's what I'm counting on. I know you've got the ticket on yep. Lightning. I do too. I haven't piled on. I'm looking here. MGM, they're plus two twenty-five to win it. We've got two fifty here. So you see in the market's there for yeah, you. If you want to get yeah. over $2 value, it's out there. I mean, I had I took him before the series plus 155. Okay. I'm pretty heavily invested. It's a 6 unit play for me. So okay. I- I'm already invested. So I'm already I'm going to be biased with some of this because I for me uh, the-, the urgency, I hope the urgency is there for Tampa tonight cuz it sure as hell is for me on the sports betting side having him plus 155, but it almost feels like uh, plus 250. How do I not uh, get a little bit more? Or am I just getting greedy? No, am well, I just I- I tell you this, like
2: going back to the Rangers series, right? So they're down 0-2, and I play them then, and I got a plus 220 to win that series. Now, remember, they lost the first two at Madison Square. So, again, I just go with my – I like to if, – if nobody's broke serve, if you will, and won on somebody else's ice, mm-hmm. uh, I'm probably going to be more apt to hop in, even if they're down 0-1, 2 So then they're down 0-2, and in game three, they're down 2-zip. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm dead? This thing's dead? And I just look over a coop. Yeah. And all of a sudden – It slowly, you know, slow and steady wins the race for that team. So I'm with you. I'd love to see tonight kind of even this thing up. But if they don't, I'm not going to panic unless Colorado breaks serve like they did against Edmonton and ultimately get the sweep there. So I I think we're still, we Tampa Bay backers, are still in a decent spot tonight. But I wouldn't necessarily fully panic if they go down 0-2. Their track record just suggests that they're, they're, Kind of steady, and they don't they don't blink very often. And this is going to be a long series. I think we believe six or seven games. Yeah,
3: I don't think they'll panic. I think I will. I, with, we could we uh, with my ticket at for, for, at plus one fifty five. <laughs> I'll start to panic there. Uh, but but you know because Cooper knows his team. Yep. And this is not the same series against the Rangers where they fell down 0-2 and went back home and won four straight. But in this case here with the Avs, just their propensity to be able to just continue to put pressure offensively on Tampa and dominate. I mean, they really dominate, even though they only scored three. They scored three in the first period, did not score in the next 40 minutes. But it never felt like, uh, even though they were able to come back, Tampa did, down 3-1, tie it up 3-3. I still never really felt confident or comfortable within that game, just feeling like there's going to still continue to be opportunities because I really – you saw the aggressiveness with that forecheck from the from the abs from start to finish in that game.
2: Uh, absolutely fascinating what happened in that game one going to overtime that Tampa even got it to that point. So we'll keep a watchful eye. We'll talk about it with Mike Peronio coming up next year from Manway Bay. Get his thoughts and see where the betting market is going there. Very quickly, Scotty Scheffler has now hopped into the uh, – into the betting lead, if you will, uh, at plus, plus 360 is what I'm seeing here. Ironically, he made a bogey, so he's two back of Moore who hasn't teed off. I mentioned that Rory McIlroy had hit the hospitality 10-on-1. He made par from there, kids. Oh. So Roars is even through one and only one off the lead. John is on the— I mean, we got big-time names out there on the first page of this leaderboard. When we come back, we'll go over to Mandalay Bay with Mike Perrano. Come on back, Betting right in Across America on VEASAN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas will come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards eligibility restrictions do apply visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager please gamble responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-GAMBLER alongside James Salinas I am Dave Ross this is Betting Across America I look up at the US Open John Rom stuck the green with his approach on one Rory McIlroy came up a rotation shy of a great par save so he's made bogey He's now two off the lead at three under par. The bucket had himself, Joel Damon, one of the co-leaders, getting ready to tee off with Kyle Moore. Kyle will keep you updated there. But let's get over to Mandalay Bay. We welcome in Mike Pranio each and every Saturday here on Betting Across, Across America, of course, the sportsbook manager at Mandalay Bay. And, Mike, let me start right there with the U.S. Open, because you know me by now, how much I love golf and how much I love betting golf. Um, I'm assuming this has been a pretty bet-upon tournament. I don't know how much action you got on Live Golf a week ago as they made their their foray into the world of professional golf if we want to put that in air quotes professional golf what are you seeing so far on the u.s open mike is this all chalk and we're going with the big guns or are you seeing some flyers and some long shots
5: yeah well there's a lot of chalk but it's all the good players there there's so many good players snuck together that you get decent odds actually and uh like I, when I saw Scheffler seven to one this morning, I said, "Yeah, I think I might want to bet that with two rounds to go." So, I think he started good. I haven't been able to catch up with it, but uh, no, he's right uh, there. But, but the other thing is, I I said to myself, I go, DeChambeau, it's third day. He's probably going to falter today. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I'm a genius, but the, the matchup was against uh, Harris English, and he's plus eight, and the other one, DeChambeau, plus seven. So my daily <laughs> matchup is losing, even though the guy I went against is plus seven for the day. So, uh, But I'm still alive. They're not done yet, but they're getting close <laughs> to being done.
2: Yeah, it is. It's it's hard to go against the chalk in the United States Open like this that we're seeing Uh, so far but uh, Mike will you readjust those prices obviously before tomorrow not just in the head heads but the outrights how will you try to is there any liabilities that you guys are looking at for any big names
5: yeah I mean we have in game too just so you guys know live betting on U.S. Open again major so you can bet it as it's as you're going throughout the day today and tomorrow and it's kind of a fun thing to do in golf I like that aspect of live betting especially in golf uh you kind of get a feel for it if you 're watching it, maybe a little better feels you know if you golf, you know if you hit a bad shot, sometimes that lingers for a few holes <laughs> before you recover so it's interesting uh right now uh you there's so many golfers in the u s open obviously even after the cut there's a lot, but strangely, our biggest loser is Max Homa, and I think we 're safe because he 's having a horrible day today, so uh everyone else was pretty good. Uh, I was kind of surprised, but I think that goes back, Dave, to what you were saying. There's so much chalk; but they're all in the top 10, so mm-hmm. it's, it's tough to tough to find someone you you're sure is going to win. Uh, and Homa, I, I guess he had some good odds, and maybe it was a couple players that hit us that we weren't expecting. But we're in good shape on that.
2: I'm yeah. I'm looking up at one of those guys that I'm sure at the beginning of the tournament, is Xander Schauffele. We just hit three balls that came right back to him at his own feet. So, like, you're seeing some big names really have some big numbers It is difficult conditions out there. But I am curious, too, uh, and I know James and I were talking about it here early at the beginning of the show with Golden State. Speaking of chalk, was Golden State chalky? Because I kind of got the feeling that people thought Boston was the, quote-unquote, better team before that tournament began, the finals began, and then, of course, Golden State wins this thing in six.
5: Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, we were – and we still – didn't do very well because Golden State, we talked about this the last several few weeks anyway. When I've been on here, Golden State was a huge loss for us. It still ended up being a huge loss, but uh, it's the nice thing about... uh, uh, being a bookmaker and having uh, people were trying to hedge off their golden state money. Plus you're right. Uh, the public especially seemed to think gold, uh, Boston, uh, was going to win that series. Uh, and I, you know, I kind of felt that way too, but, uh, golden state obviously played really well. And, and so it was, a uh, it was a bad result for us. Golden state winning on the futures, uh, Steph Curry winning the MVP wasn't that great either. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, uh, one of those things, if you knew golden state won the, Won the 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 championship, you knew who was going to be MVP. So I'm sure we had guys that had both those bets on us when they collected.
3: Hey Mike, so I want to, first off, I want to say that uh, this is James Salinas. I'm from Denver. I was actually at your property for the last two days with my family in town, and they really wanted to utilize the Mandalay Bay pool, so <laughs> had, they had a great time there, and I made a donation to your sports book on Thursday night when I arrived. I got there at the second half. I bet the total, I went over in the second half. It was at 103. Obviously, they scored 100, so that was a donation that I gave to your sports book there, <laughs> but a great property for one. I'm curious now if we're looking ahead, and let's look further ahead because because. Because the Golden State Warriors won, especially the way that they did it with Steph Curry leading the way the last three games, Uh, thinking about next year and the futures market for the NBA, have you taken any – do you have any liability? Have you taken any more bets looking towards the Warriors next year or any teams in particular for the 2023 NBA championship? Uh,
5: Not not yet. We're not getting anything – Big and noticeable that we're going to need to do it. We're, we're going to get people, it's typical, especially for non wise guys, but the typical better if they're cashing the Golden State ticket for the futures or for the series. There are a lot of them to so, well, Yeah, give me the, them again for next year. So we do get a lot of that when a team wins, and, and uh, that's generally you know not sharps or wise guys. And to be honest with you, uh, sharps and wise guys are more into season wins than they are futures. Uh, futures are tough bets uh, in any sport. and uh, Unless we make a glaring, horrible mistake and you get it in before we notice it, uh, it's, it's a tough bet. We get to hold your money for, for almost a year, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a tough bet to win. And and the talk if it does win, isn't going to pay good returns.
2: Yeah, absolutely right. And, you know, I'm looking at the uh, game two here for the Stanley Cup finals tonight, Mike, and, and James and I were touch, touching upon this earlier, but I've seen this number now for the series price really drift at certain places, 220, 225, 250 at some places as well. Now for Tampa Bay, after losing game one, are you seeing any action come in? Because it feels like it's all one-way traffic here back in the abs. Are you getting any resistance on Tampa Bay side?
5: Not a lot. I mean, uh, Lightning are two-time defending champions, so I think we got time to see some some different bets coming in here, and some people maybe hedging, uh, you know, future bets. So as we get closer, those tend to happen like hours before the the games go where they start doing that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, Avalanche have been the best team all year long. I've talked about it on the show that they looked unbeatable. But the Lightning have won twice in a row, and they've every time you think they're down, they, they win. And that's going to be a great series. And we're in great shape uh, on the Stanley Cup. Uh, I think I mean, we might lose 12 grand if the Avalanche uh, – overall, that's insignificant <laughs> for us if the Avalanche win. But the, everyone else that didn't make it this far – We were cha almost every week, so it's been a good Stanley Cup, uh, and if the Avalanche don't win, uh, it's not going to be great uh, for us, but it's not that bad. So
3: let's look at the total for tonight's game. It's sitting at 6, and some places I see juiced a little to the under. You guys are sitting there right at minus 110 either way. We talked about it. it's pretty obvious it's going to be correlated. I think if if you like Tampa, like I do tonight, and I like Tampa for the series, I'd be I wouldn't want to get in a shootout. If you're a Tampa Bay <laughs> Lightning fan or or a backer here, what have you seen action wise coming with this total?
5: Yeah, and uh, you know you're probably right on that. Uh, what you're talking about, James, and we hope you're right too. But uh, uh, it's a definitely public is betting avalanche right now, uh, and uh, it's it's interesting. The total, I mean, the Avalanche are such a high scoring team, and it's if the uh, Lightning's goalie can hold up, it, it, the the totals in these. Uh, I'm surprised it's not higher. To be honest with you, I watch Colorado games throughout the year once in a while, and it seems like they can score three goals and. 10 seconds sometimes it's just like, uh, but, but then they don't play a lot of defense either. So it, that's uh but this is the Stanley cup. And I like the, that kind of bet James when, uh, you know, avalanche and over avalanche and over, we've been hitting a lot. And this is the Stanley cup get and now. And it's uh it's played differently. The championship games are always played differently than regular season, for sure, and even regular playoff games. It's a different kind of atmosphere, different way, even the the referees and uh, call games in any sport.
2: Well, uh, you guys give me hope that uh, our Tampa Bay plays certainly only down 0-1 uh, might not be life or death here, so maybe they're going to bounce back here in game two. Mike, appreciate the time as always on a Saturday. Uh, enjoy the rest of your sports Saturday over there at Mandalay Bay.
5: Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having us.
2: There he is. Mike Prania does a great job uh, as a sportsbook manager at Mandalay Bay. Again, next hour, we're going to have Rex Hogger join us from the Golf Channel. Can't wait to get Rex's thoughts as, as the craziness going on right now at the U.S. Open. We'll explain some of that when we come back and also talk a little UFC, a pretty intriguing card, but one big fight has already been called off. We'll discuss when you come back with us right here on the, the sports Betting Network.